This is Kate Swoboda, creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs, so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. Hey friends, today's episode is about how to overcome resistance. And I know that throughout my entire body of work, I've spoken to how to overcome resistance before, but I really wanted to dedicate a podcast episode to this topic and maybe pull out a couple of examples that really flesh out, like, this is what it looks like day to day. Like you're resistant, you're in it, you know that you're feeling resistance and maybe it's resistance around a big dream that you've set for yourself. Maybe it's resistance around something that you know that you need to change in your life, like a health habit that you set for yourself and you're like, I'm going to change this health habit, but then you're resistant about actually putting action into behind that health habit. Maybe it is in a relationship, you know, you want to improve a relationship, but then you're feeling resistant about actually doing what it takes to improve that relationship. In essence, I really want to dive into this because what I keep seeing, I see it in myself, I see it in clients, I see it in all kinds of forms, is that there's no shortage of people who really have things they want for their lives. And that's great news. This is not a bad thing, of course. There's no shortage of people who want good things for their lives. And there's many things that you will want for your life over the breadth of an entire lifetime. But what happens so often is that we get caught in cycles of resistance and then we look back and we go, well, wait a second, why didn't I do that thing? And then the resistance gets even worse when we beat ourselves up because we didn't do what we said we were going to do. So I want to get into the nitty gritty of dealing with resistance. So this is a great podcast episode to bookmark if you know that you are embarking on a new project, if you know that there you've recently had a realization that there is something specific you need to change in your life, like now, and you know that as part of changing it, you need to change it, but it's going to be difficult to change. And save this for when you're in it. And you're like, okay, I'm having a day where it feels like my resistance is winning. This is the episode that you bookmark so that you can make a point of coming back to this episode on that kind of a day. And I'd say, even if you think that you're not currently actively in resistance, maybe scan your life really briefly and ask yourself if that's the case. I would say that All of us, if we look around at our lives at any given moment, we can find some place where we are experiencing resistance to change, to ourselves, to a natural process, to what is. I mean, pandemic, hello. How many of us have been resistant to really facing the truth, the pain, the struggle, the sacrifice, the difficulty, the challenge of the pandemic and what it has brought How many of us have put a lot of time into being resistant around the fact that the pandemic is what it is, has been what it has been, and has cost what it has cost? 
Now, having said that, let me make sure I'm as clear as I can be. When I talk today about how to overcome resistance, I'm talking about how we can not just be stuck in this cycle of unconsciously being resistant and then unconsciously going into certain behaviors that aren't in our best interests. I am not going to be talking about how to pretend the the resistance does not exist, nor will I be asking you to sugarcoat your life and pretend that the feelings or experience of resistance is somehow not uncomfortable. It is. Resistance is uncomfortable. Today is not a panacea for that. Today is not, we're going to have a podcast episode where resistance is just no longer a big deal. Nope. Resistance feels big for just about everyone. And when we put a microscope on it and we really take time to examine it, the hard part, I think, is that it often feels worse before it feels better. And the reframe that I give myself when it feels harder to look at the places where I'm resistant than to just avoid looking so that I don't need to come face to face with it is, and I really believe this to be true, that the hardest part of change is actually the part of change where we are unwilling to see. If we are willing to see the truth, everything gets easier, even if it's a hard truth. And I've seen that happen enough times that it's like, okay, can I just get faster so that it will waste less time, so that it will be more efficient, so that I can step into living from my most courageous self? Can I just get faster at being willing to see, being willing to see what I need to see, see the truth of the situation, see that that person is showing me who they are and has been showing me who they are for a while? How can I get faster at seeing that truth? All right, let's dive into this. So first thing, are you willing to cultivate a relationship to your resistance? That's kind of a funny question, but resistance to me is just a form of fear. So resistance is just a form of fear. And when we are in relationship to all the parts of ourselves in some way, and that relationship can be a boundaried relationship. I'm not saying the relationship has to be that you snuggle right up next to it all the time, unless of course, that's what you want to choose. So when we can be in relationship with all the different parts of ourselves in some way and be clear on what that relationship is, why we're relating that way, how relating that way serves us, then we get out of some of the power dynamics that we feel towards those parts. There's a power dynamic that arises when we feel really resistant. We feel as if the resistance is outside of us, imposing something on us, having power over us. And then to try to fight the resistance means we go outside of ourselves relating to your resistance. Are you willing to relate to your resistance means understanding that the resistance is not outside of you as an enemy. It is a process that is happening in the here and now moment that is a signal for your attention. I'll say that one more time. Really try to see where In your life, with a current example, that might be the case. Resistance is not outside of you as an enemy. It is a process that is happening in the here and now, and it is a signal that is trying to get your attention. 
Think about the last time you had resistance. What was it trying to get your attention around? I'll give a fairly common example. Many people wake up in the morning and feel very resistant to going into work because they don't like their jobs. If there has been one bright spot during that pandemic year, I would say it's most people saying, uh, with remote work, thank goodness I don't have to go into the office. Now, of course, some people, that's different. They miss going into wherever they were, they were working. But a lot of people said, I was really glad not to have to go into the office. I was really doing better working remotely, setting up my own hours, not having anyone in the next cubicle playing music that was really annoying, what you know, whatever the things are that people get annoyed about working with coworkers or not having to, you know, be in such close proximity to a boss that I don't particularly like. So when you are relating to your resistance to going into work as oh, this resistance, it's like here and now I feel crappy and I don't even want to go in and it like, oh, why do I have to feel this way about work? And it starts making it seem as though you don't have the control to choose what you want your attitude to be about going into work. And a lot of effort goes into trying to push that resistance away. And we do it in different ways. Some of us try to avoid our resistance by getting one of those Starbucks drinks that is like basically a dessert in a cup every morning because that's the thing that makes it like, okay, I'm really resistant to going into work, but fine, I'll like, I'll reward myself with this drink. Other people are really resistant around going into work in that they hit their alarm 10 times. It's hard to get out of bed. They're late, you know, they're dragging their heels. So instead of seeing resistance as bad, how about we get into relationship with it by going, okay, if resistance is a process I'm in, I'm in a process of resistance and it is a signal trying to bring my attention to something. What is it trying to bring my attention to? This does not take a lot to figure out. It's trying to bring your attention to the fact that you don't like your job. And you might be thinking to yourself, yeah, I got that, Kate. Got it. Duh. Duh. Okay, but what happens next for you? Do you acknowledge that you don't particularly like your job and then push it to the back of your mind and like, oh, well, but you know, I have to have the job. Well, that just keeps that process of resistance going because the resistance is going, hey, I'm a signal. I'm banging on your shoulder here, trying to get your attention, trying to get you to pay attention to the fact that you don't like this job. Please do something about that. Please help. Let's change it. But so often what we do with our resistance, it was like, oh, not you again. Go away. I'll flip it to one other example. How can you relate to your resistance? And it is the example of when you're going after a really big dream, but you're not doing the things you know you need to be doing in order to go after that dream. I'll use a very common example of writing that book that you know you have in you. So many people say, I would love to write a book someday. I I know I've got a book in me. And then when it comes time to sit down and write the chapters, you feel all kinds of resistance. I would say that it's really common when I'm in my my, highest level of resistance to just feel like I am stupid. 
That that's a big one. Like it, resistance comes up, tells me how stupid I am to have ever had that idea for that chapter. And I can't express myself clearly. So that's my critic as resistance. And when we get into those spaces, what do you do? Do you, ah, oh, you know, you try to drown out the resistance by telling it to shut up. Do you try to write the perfect book so that the resistance won't come up as much? Or do you avoid even writing anything at all? And of course, with this example, if writing a book has never been your dream, you plug in the thing that's been your dream. Well, whatever it is that you do with your resistance, instead of seeing it as, ah, resistance, not you again, I wish this would go away. Why does this have to happen? Why does this have to come up? Let's sink into, okay, resistance is a process. It's a process you're in and there's a signal there. What's it trying to tell you? Well, some people will go, maybe it's trying to tell me that I shouldn't write a book. Now, this is a little bit different. With the job example, you know you don't like your job. You know you don't like whatever it is that's happening with that job. But now I'm talking about a dream that's really important to you. And I remember a time when it felt very counterintuitive to me that resistance would come up around the things I wanted most. I could understand why resistance would come up around the things I didn't like. It was very hard to understand why resistance would come up around the things that I really, really wanted for myself until I got into relationship with the resistance, saw it as a signal. It's trying to tell me something. Okay, let me relate to the resistance instead of hating it for existing. What are you trying to tell me? What's the signal here? When it comes to big dreams, I would say that in, with clients I've worked with, with myself, with friends and family, I talk to a lot of people about big dreams and courage when it comes to big dreams. And what do I do when that voice in my head starts telling me I'm dumb for even bothering to try? You see it as a signal. And the signal for most of those is this is really important to me and I am terrified of failure. This is really important to me and I am terrified that I will feel ungrounded and not know what to do with those feelings. This is really important to me and going after this dream is shaking up my sense of who I am and my identity on some level and that's really scary for me. Those are just a few things that your resistance when you're going after a big dream might be trying to clue you into. Hey, Something's at stake here. Something is about to change. I feel I'm way out of my depth, out of my comfort zone. I don't know what to do. Please get me back to where I'm comfortable as quickly as possible. So resistance as a signal, it's trying to tell you something. Hating it, trying to get it to go away, trying to get the process that you're in. You're in a process of resistance, trying to get that process to not exist that is wasted effort. So as we are talking about overcoming resistance, we're talking about what can we do to not have it stop us in our tracks completely. We're not talking about how do we get rid of it forever and ever, and it's just not going to be there anymore. Resistance is a process. It's a signal. It's a valuable process. It's a valuable signal. It's asking us to pay attention. Let's go another level in. Next question, why are you resistant? 
That's something of the million dollar question. I'm aware it's a very obvious question. Why are you resistant? Because you're probably thinking something along the lines of, well, Kate, if I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't need to listen to this podcast because the resistance, again, there's a power dynamic there. It feels as if the resistance has power over us. So instead of backing away when that question seems to yield no answers, go in a little bit deeper. What is it that you're afraid of? There are some of the obvious fears, like I'm afraid of my critics. I'm afraid that I will put something out into the world and they will say that I'm dumb or why did I even bother or that this is so reductive. Or there's a fear usually that somebody's holding internally of not being enough. I'm afraid that I'm not enough. And there's work you can do to confront both of those fears. And I would say if, if you feel like the fear is predominantly a fear of those external critics, maybe hang out more in the space of the fear of not enough. Because if I believe I am enough, and if I believe that the products of what I create are enough, then why am I worried about the critics? The fear of the critics is something of a, I don't know, a, a, a booby trap fear maybe. It really always comes back to who, where am I in terms of my sovereignty with myself? Where is it that I don't feel like I'm enough? Where is it that I buy into ideas of enoughness? Where is it that I buy into and thus give my power away to what other people think? Because if I'm giving my power away to what other people think, it's really easy to hook me around the idea that something I'm doing is not enough or should be better or why did I even bother? So again, play with those questions. You might not have any immediate answers right now, but this is the podcast episode you might want to listen to more than once, and it's the one I say you bookmark when you're in resistance. Next piece, why are you resistant? Again, with that, well, I don't know, because sometimes resistance shows up as a, I just don't want to. 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 And what if the reason that you're getting stuck in your resistance is around something that, frankly, you gotta do? Now, I'm aware, of course, that in the great grand scheme of life, really, there's nothing that you have to do. This is an important reminder for you if we're going to talk about the just don't want to feelings, because there's nothing in life that you absolutely have to do. Well, Kate, I got to pay my bills. No, no, you actually don't. You don't have to pay your bills. You choose to pay your bills if you don't want the consequence of what will come to you if you don't pay your bills, but you don't have to pay your bills. Well, Kate, I have to take care of my kids. I don't have time for X, Y, Z because I have to take care of my kids. Well, technically you don't have to take care of your kids. There are plenty of parents who run off and do not take care of their kids. It is a choice to take care of your kids. So remembering that we have choices is helpful for these I just don't want to feelings. Ask yourself for anything you just don't want to right now. Am I feeling like I just don't want to in part because something in me thinks that I have to? It's amazing how much more energy we have when we remember that we have a choice. You actually don't have to do anything. You can want to do it and you can choose to do it but you, and you can get to do it, but you definitely don't have to do it. You're the one in the driver's seat of your life, 
Nobody has control over you and your actions. And even if someone was trying to exert control over you or your actions, you would always have a choice around whether or not you wanted to comply. So with the just don't want us, ask yourself, is there any place where I'm telling myself I don't have a choice? And then that actually drives up my resistance because I feel like I don't have a choice. Can I remember? Am I willing to remember that I do in fact have a choice? And then having remembered that you do in fact have a choice, where is it that you could, if it is something that you're truly just going, I'm resistant about this. I don't like how it feels. I'm not feeling like I'm, I can be myself. I'm, I'm, this just isn't my best life. It's not my most courageous self. Well, can you not do it? Can you delegate it? Or can you make it fun? Can you not do it? Can you delegate it? Or can you make it fun? I'll give an example of this that is one of my favorite examples. Back when I had a salary job before I did everything that I do now, I was working late one night at a Panera Bread <laughs> of all places. And I you know, had all my work spread out over my table and I was going to have dinner and like work while I ate. And somebody who worked at Panera Bread came over and, with my food and asked, oh, what is it you do? And they're just making conversation. It's like, I mean, it was like a Saturday night, like eight o'clock at a Panera Bread. You know, it's it's not a high traffic situation. So, you know, he, he wanted to make a little conversation and I started talking to him about what I did. And it turned out that he did something related to what I was doing at that time. And a couple of synapses fired after that conversation where I realized and well, I guess that the addition to this conversation was that a conversation, he was interested in doing some freelance work in that same area again. So some synapses connected for me after that conversation where I suddenly realized like, oh, okay, there are other people out there who can do work related to these tasks that I could pay. There's nothing about the job where I work, the salary job where I work. There's no rule I've ever seen in any HR document that says you cannot outsource your workload to somebody else. So I started looking around, ended up hiring a freelancer and was able to take hours and hours and hours of work off of my hands by hiring out for it. So this is what I'm talking about when I say when you just don't want to, because let me tell you, I just did not want to, frankly, I was having a hard time. Eight o'clock at night on a Saturday at a Panera Bread. Ugh, it's, an, it's not sexy times, my friends. So I didn't want to be there working, but I felt like I had to. And it was a revelation to really go, oh, oh my God, I don't have to do this. I could outsource it. So can, that, that's a form of delegating. There are some things that you might say, I just don't want to do this any longer. So what are those things? I mean, it can be kind of fun, actually. Pull out a piece of paper, say, this is a problem or a thing I've struggled with. I'm really trying to see what, else, what other options are there for me. What happens if I just don't do this anymore? I mean, what are the consequences if I don't do this anymore? What if you wrote down all the possible consequences and it turns out you could only come up with one or two and they both were... Somebody might not like me. Well then, 
That's kind of nice, right? It's harder to find options when the consequence is I might not have a roof over my head. It's a lot easier when you realize that the only thing standing in your way is your fear of what someone else might think because that is something you can work with. So when you just don't want to and you're resistant, can you find a way not to do it? Can you delegate or can you make it fun? I'll give an example of making it fun. Uh, Don't know why I have a lot of resistance around folding laundry. I don't like to do it. (laughs) I just don't want to do it. So uh, what ends up happening in my household when I'm most resistant around folding laundry is that there will be the clean pile and the dirty pile on the bedroom floor. The clean pile has just been washed and, you know, pulled from the dryer and gets put in one corner. The dirty pile is, is the clothing that needs to be washed. And the two piles just start migrating towards one another. It's really bad. It's one of my worst habits. So I decided to make it fun by listening to a podcast while I fold my laundry. And that makes it more doable. So if you just don't want to, and that's the kind of resistance you've got, remember, you always do have a choice. Even if you, even if you don't like the consequences, you do have a choice and that can free up some energy And then ask yourself, do I want to stop doing this entirely? Can I delegate it in some way or can I make it fun? Now, here's how I think you can make this the most actionable possible podcast. Actually take out a piece of paper. Write down your top three places where you are most resistant in your life right now. And then underneath each of those three places, make sure you've got some space Go through this podcast again, listen to the questions, and really ask yourself what's going on with this particular piece of resistance. Really look at how you can start relating to the resistance instead of pushing it away or wishing that it would go away and all of those things that just really ultimately don't get you where you want to go. See this as the, the carpe diem or the permission slip, however you like to think of it, to stop wasting time with the cycle of resistance that just spins over and 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 go, I want something different for my life. And I don't have to wait to have something different for my life. Something different for my life can start now. I can start to examine those places where I've been resisting my resistance, pushing it away. And I can go, okay, let me relate instead. I can start to examine those places in my life where I need to just go, this is a process. The resistance is trying to tell me something. It's a signal. It's not going to go away just because I tell it to go away. It's going to go away or I'm going to overcome it and not be stuck in it when I decide to actively deal with it. Make this actionable. Sit down with a piece of paper, come up with what those challenges are that you face and start working through the different ways to overcome resistance in those areas. I mean, you could be freed up from a lot of that resistance in an hour, and that is a pretty powerful way to move your life forward. All right, that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know you can continue the work and the fun if you want to. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and become a Your Courageous Life subscriber because as soon as you sign up, you get access to an entire library of worksheets and audios and other bonuses. And of course, you'll be receiving more courage in your inbox. And who wouldn't love that? 
You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. You can get The Courage Habit at your local bookseller, on Amazon, wherever you like. We can even connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Your Courageous Life. So look for facebook.com forward slash Your Courageous Life. And I'm on Instagram as Kate Courageous. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. So here's to you using these courageous tools in your life and creating a real ripple effect of good. And again, thanks so much for listening. I love it that you're here.